are a firefighter, an EMS professional. You put your life on the line every day for others. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants, and you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies, and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. Do more. Be more. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. This podcast is one of my active efforts to help establish a true community of brotherhood among the ranks, and I hope you find some solace in knowing that you aren't alone in your hopes for that. There are a lot of us out there who are looking to build each other up instead of isolating our brothers and tearing them down. Today we are going to talk about fentanyl and opioid overdoses. Uh, We talk about a lot of different things on the show, but Keep in mind that it's not isolated to the fire service. The principles and things we talk about span all kinds of professions. So like I said, today we're going to discuss uh, fentanyl and opioid overdoses. Um, and the reason why it's because fentanyl and opioid overdoses have been in the spotlight a lot lately, and it's becoming more and more of a problem, a prominent issue in the United States. With the incredible potency of fentanyl, people are finding themselves subject to more than they bargained for and are winding up in altered mental statuses, and even dead. The solution is Narcan, but are people abusing that too? In today's episode, we're going to talk about what fentanyl is, the problem it poses to the public, and how Narcan is being used to battle the overdose epidemic in the U.S. I'd like to give you guys a little bit of background on what narcotics are and what fentanyl is, so that you have a basis for how this episode is going to go. So you have some knowledge going into it. So narcotics are depressants typically used to treat chronic pain. However, they're also being abused by people looking to get high. And when overutilized, a narcotic depresses and ultimately inhibits a person's respiratory drive, removing it completely, uh, resulting in hypoxia and ultimately suffocation and death due to that lack of air movement. You're basically suffocating um, because your your respiratory drive is completely gone. Uh, fentanyl has a 100 to 1 ratio when it comes to potency in comparison to morphine. So basically it's 100 times more potent than morphine. And when I administer fentanyl and morphine in the field as a paramedic, I have to make sure of the dosages uh, so that I don't put the patient into a respiratory depression. Whether, like I said, whether it's morphine or fentanyl, I have to be very aware of what it is that I'm giving the patient so I don't take away their respiratory drive. And to give you an idea as to how different the potency levels are in these two narcotics, my fentanyl protocol is one microgram per kilogram to a max of 200 micrograms. And when it comes to morphine, I can give two to five milligrams up to 20 milligrams. So that's a vast difference in dosage that I can administer from fentanyl versus morphine. The main tool we have to combat this uh, opioid epidemic and overdoses is a medication called Narcan, uh, or otherwise known as naloxone. It's been hailed as the best way to reverse the effects of an opioid overdose. 
And as paramedics, we utilize Narcan when running on suspected drug overdoses, specifically narcotic overdoses, um, as that's the only kind of overdose it's going to work for. It only works for narcotic and opioid overdoses. However, I recently heard an interview with Dr. Brian Bledsoe, who's a professor of emergency medicine at UNLV School of Medicine. And he says that oftentimes Narcan is being misused and overused. He states that some law enforcement professionals and EMS providers are administering it, quote, just in case. Some uh, law enforcement agencies are arming their uh, officers with kind of like an EpiJet pen, but it's Narcan instead of epinephrine. Um, so a lot of times this Narcan is being administered, like I said, just in case. Uh, even if that person isn't sure that they're treating an actual opioid overdose. So while some have the mindset of, oh, it couldn't hurt, Dr. Bledsoe says that the negative effects on the patient should make us think twice before administering it so freely. There are clear indications as to when it should be administered, according to the protocol set forth by my local medical director. Um, and I want to make sure to remind those of you currently working in the field to refer to your local agency's protocols and see what the indications are set forth in your area. So how does Narcan work? It binds to the opiate receptors instead of stimulating them. It blocks them. And it uh, doesn't allow any more uh, narcotics to latch onto those narcotic receptors. It reverses the effects caused by narcotics by knocking its chemical form off of the receptor in the brain. The main effect is the reversal of the respiratory depression that I talked about a little bit earlier, and it, and it brings a person's inherent respiratory drive back. Um, most of the time what this does is it brings them back to consciousness as when they're not breathing, they go unconscious. Uh, so when we bring back their natural respiratory drive, they take those breaths and then they come back to uh, an alert and oriented status. Uh, one thing I want to make clear, Dr. Bledsoe isn't saying that we shouldn't be using it at all. It's not one or the other. It's not extremes. And I know as, as firemen uh, and firefighters, we tend to go to extremes. It's like all or nothing. But that's not what he's saying. He's simply saying that we shouldn't be using it as indiscriminately as we do. And he gives two reasons for this. So the first reason is that people who are opiate dependent can be put into a full opiate withdrawal with the use of Narcan. So you're taking them from one extreme to the complete opposite extreme. So if they're, if they're completely overdosed and their respiratory drive is gone, that is one extreme, right? That's the severe overdose extreme. And when you slam Narcan, uh, if, if you slam, if you give too much and if you just inject it in the system rapidly, you, you completely bypass the middle ground and you send them right into opiate withdrawal. This isn't just uncomfortable for the patient because like they get it, they get slammed into that withdrawal symptom, but it's also no good for the EMS provider in that the signs and symptoms that manifest become the problem of who's working with that person. Uh, signs and symptoms include runny nose, sneezing, vomiting, diarrhea, agitation, combativeness, now, I've seen combativeness because these people typically um, are addicts or have addiction problems, struggle with addiction, 
and they're upset that we've taken away their high. Uh, and for that kind of thing, there's just nothing you can do. But there are those extremes that you can avoid by giving slower, smaller doses as opposed to just giving them the full shot. Uh, like I said, the, the combativeness and all of those symptoms put the EMS provider in a potentially dangerous situation. And uh, Dr. Bledsoe goes on to state that our goal as EMS providers is to provide safety and comfort to our patients, not to judge them and punish them for their life choices. And obviously this is unethical. Obviously it's unethical to use Narcan kind of as a weapon and to be like, haha, I took away your high or I'm going to show this guy that his choices are terrible and I'm going to make him feel like crap for it. That's not our job as EMS providers. Our job is to provide safety and comfort to our patients. Uh, like I said, obviously that, that attitude is severely unethical. And I personally feel like if you hold the mentality that it's your job to punish people for their choices, you have some soul searching to do. And this probably isn't the right field for you. Uh, the other reason he says is that there's a potential to cause non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema. Uh, Dr. Bledsoe further warns that the overzealous use of Narcan is doing more harm to people that don't need it than it is helping the people that really do. This really comes down to statistics. A statement like that really comes down to statistics. How much Narcan has been used, let's say, over the past three months and has actually been helpful in reversing those opioid overdoses versus how much, how much Narcan was given to people that might not have needed it or didn't even present with the signs and symptoms of an opioid overdose. But people just gave it just to be safe or they couldn't hurt them, right? I mean, you're injecting a foreign substance into somebody's body. It's not, <laughs> it's not ideal. Um, yeah, it's there to be used as a tool, and that's what it should be used for. But you, don't, you shouldn't just do things because you can't. His issue is that it's being administered too often to people who don't need it. Basically, anyone who may be altered but do not have a narcotic in their system. One thing that's been bouncing around out there is that uh, police officers and first responders should be aware of the effects of fentanyl if it comes in contact with their skin. I've seen this on the news. They're reporting it as, oh, don't let it get on your skin. It'll, it'll have immediate effects on you, and it'll, it could kill you. I mean, they're really spreading that fear about it out there. Um, and one of the misconceptions is, or one of the things that they're pushing is that police officers and first responders should be ready to administer Narcan to their coworkers or even themselves uh, rapidly if they come in contact with it. Something to know about fentanyl is that it doesn't absorb easily through the skin, which is why pharmaceutical companies have spent several years and millions and millions of dollars working on technology that makes a derma patch possible. So, and also the thing is, keep this in mind, if you're well enough to think through a process of, hey, I think I might be affected by fentanyl or, hey, uh, something that I think might be fentanyl has touched my skin. I'd better give myself Narcan. Then you don't need to administer it to yourself. If you can reasonably think through that kind of process, you obviously don't need it. One solution that Dr. Bledsoe makes mention of is for people who haven't completely lost their respiratory drive. I thought this was pretty 
pretty ingenious, and I, I appreciated his mentality and his approach to this. Um, because thinking about it, once you give Narcan, once you, once you establish an IV and you give it through that, that IV port, or if you have one of those Narcan jets where you can just punch it right into a muscle, once you've administered it, it's in your system. You can't take it back. <laughs> it's, it's kind of all or nothing in that aspect. Um, so this is what he said in regards to how he administers it, which I really appreciated. I thought it was pretty ingenious. Um, he wants, first of all, first of all, he wants to make it clear that Narcan is to be used in small doses to the point of effectiveness, and you should absolutely review and make sure that you are clear on what your local agency protocol is. That being said, he offered up a unique process for administering it. Uh, what he does, and this is for patients that still have a respiratory drive. It may be depressed, but they're still breathing on their own. Uh, what he does is he puts two milligrams of Narcan into a nebulizer and allows the patient to slowly breathe in the medication. Then, once they get to a point where they're alert, he removes the nebulizer. So he states that once you inject an Narcan, like I said, it's, it's all in there. You can't take it back. And he, he talked about this uh, approach that helps you administer it slowly over time um, to the effect or to the, to the point of effectiveness. Then you can remove it. You can take off that SVN once they've regained consciousness, once they're awake, asking questions, and the respiratory drive has improved. He emphasizes administering it in small doses is much better than just slamming it in someone's system. This episode was a bit short and sweet, but I wanted to get right to the point on it and talk about some key things that are challenging us today in the EMS profession, in the, in the fire service, uh, for those of us that work in the field. So let's talk about the key takeaways here. A, Narcan is a great tool to use for patients that are experiencing a narcotic overdose. B, we should use more discernment and be less willing to pull the trigger on administering it, quote, just in case. And C, we should in no way be using Narcan as a form of punishment or some type of tool used to um, punish people who aren't living, who aren't like making the right choices in their lives. It's not our job to judge. It's not our job to punish people. Our job is to provide, is to provide safety and help to those who need it, regardless of how they got into that situation. Our job and our oath is to help those in need, regardless of the nature of their emergency. Guys, as always, thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. I hope as we get further along in this effort, we become closer to our crew members, our friends, and our families, and that we pay attention to a lot of the things that are facing us today and challenging us in the fire service. It's really important to keep a conscious eye on these things, and it's also important to keep a conscious eye and make conscious effort in meeting these challenges. Do me a favor. If you've been enjoying the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps anyone looking to find something that speaks to them when you offer legitimate feedback on why you appreciate and listen to the show. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. 
And also, I'm inviting you all to join the Ignited Firefighters Facebook group. This is where firefighters and first responders can come together and share our experiences, perspectives, and challenges. By having these meaningful discussions, we can help define and support each other as we serve our communities. I look forward to discussing ideas and topics like the one we talked about today with you inside the group. And until next time, own it and be hard to kill.